back. It's the TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith in Austin. Joe Linehan in San Antonio. Joe, listen, I've been sitting by my computer for two weeks now waiting for you to call, and you just haven't. You've (laughs) completely blown me off. What's up? Yes, I will admit it's been my fault for not doing a podcast the last couple weeks. I was moving, so... And also doing the Dare to Dream tournament, so that got life got a little busy. So. I, I know what's uh, what's funny is I gave uh, Joe crap about this offline, but and he's like, "Well, hey, look, I'm really sorry about we have not doing this." I'm like, "That's okay with me. I I enjoyed the break. I was fine." Uh, and and frankly, I mean, there's stuff to talk about, but it's not like overwhelming uh, overwhelming amounts of stuff. So all good. We we took a little hiatus. Uh, I'm not even certain people. Uh, missed us all that much but here you go we're coming back to victimize you again so uh welcome back how this did our our second show of 2021 so there you go. okay so how did moving in go it's great done yeah. thank god although yeah. we had to replace the garage door the washing machine um we had to empty out the septic tank which was disgusting good times yeah yeah it was full so that was that was that was kind of horrible. So, but um, other than that, it was great. It's the joys of home ownership. Is it? Uh, I mean, you owned your home up in Grapevine, so this is yeah. not anything new. But I'm sure that you're excited about actually owning a home rather than renting. I'm excited that I don't have to move anytime yeah. in the next what. <laughs> 30 year mortgage that we have. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you'll definitely go through all 30 years. That's, <laughs> we've had that conversation before too. All and right. you turned 53 during our, since our last Don't, podcast. It's a lie. Happy These are birthday. fake news. It's fake news. I'm 29. Yeah, I turned 53. It's, uh, I had a great weekend. It was really fun because, uh, as I mentioned at the end of the year, I just, I really love hanging out with my family. So we were just sort of messing around, watching movies and going out to dinner and stuff. It was great. Really great. Yeah. Going out to dinner. You're not supposed to do that. That's okay. um, lots of social distancing. And hey, this is in uh, very, very blue Austin. It's like the, the we, we went to a very nice place. And then you sort of peer out over the hall, and the next person over is like 29 feet away, you know? So it's just the three of us breathing on one another, which is what we do in the house anyway. So that that's uh, I don't think that's abnormal. It, that is first world problems. But now on the water pole stuff. Yeah, you don't want to talk about me anymore? Okay. Um, Dare to Dream, you, you brought it up, so... How did that go? Because uh, it's, uh, I'm Joe. It seems like that was like ten weeks ago already. Um, so, more like ten days ago, but yeah. um, but uh, it went great. I mean, thank you so much for Christine Gill and Chris Ellis and the Cipher Water Polo Club for hosting, and Chris Jones, who was the aquatics, the assistant aquatics director there at the CFISD Natatorium. Good man. Um, I, it was a great tournament. I'm just very happy that we were able to have it. We had what thirteen total teams play. It was a little bit. I mean, it was less teams than we had last year, but that was to, that was to be expected. Um, but we were able to have twelve and under mixed games. We were able to have twelve and under girls games, and we were able to have ten and under games. So right. um, we kind of kept up the the momentum from last year, kind of a little bit. And we hope that you know this is this is something that we can do hopefully at that pool over the next few years as well. So. That place is great. I, I, yeah, I don't want to be a fanboy too much for any particular facility because there's really lots of nice ones. But that that, I mean, we did ODP there on the ninth, and it was great. Ninth and tenth, actually, uh, it was just it was very good. So I'm glad that all went well. Um, there, and I, you know what? I think it's a big deal that you sent out a calendar. Basically, like there are events on the calendar now. I mean, it's it's less than it would have been in under normal circumstances, but. It's, it's kind of cool to just see that there's stuff coming up. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I was just kind of working with local like hosts and different clubs and 
you know, kind of talking to Tisco Waterpolo about their major events and such like that. So if you go to southwestwaterpolo.org and click on calendar, you can see what the upcoming uh, kind of sanctioned USA Waterpolo events are. Um, there's like a game day this, yeah, this upcoming weekend in North Texas. Um, I believe that um, there's going to be the Cypher Waterpolo Club is is kind of hosting a tournament February 13, 14th. That's, yep. that's going to be for all athletes, 18 and under, 14 or 12 and under. That'll be... Um, Thunder and Pegasus are hosting kind of an invite where a bunch of a bunch of teams from California are going to be coming in on February 20th. Oh, That'll be only for the older kids. Got it. Um, and then Thunder Spring invite will be the last week of March. And then the last week of April will be tax again. It's like we just had it. I know. So, I know. But, um, because we did. And, and then, of course, you got the high school season that's going to start here. Um, the Like the first weekend of March is going to be when the high school season is going to be starting to roll out. And, High school season is going to be different than any other high school season, right? Yeah. Um, it's just there's going to be a lot of issues, a lot of challenges, but I think there's a lot of coaches that want to play um, uh, the high school region champs. And we'll talk about this kind of kind of a little bit later, but yep. the region champs are going to be late April, and then they've kind of split the high school season, like the state championships in May. But go to southwestwaterpolo.org, and you can click on calendar, and that's, and that's where all the events, the upcoming events are. Right. At least we're able to, to kind of plan out. With everything in, yeah, in the yeah, in the same way, saying, well, is this stuff tentative? I go, this is as planned and oh, exactly and, and confirmed as possible. Yep, as but possible. everything right now is a bit tentative. Everything is tentative. Everything, because you just don't know what's going to happen. So, but um, I do think that you know, hopefully, as you know, the weather gets better and and more people get the vaccine and people are safe. You know, it's we're we're going to be able to have these events and it's going to be good events and. And the high school season is going to be playing, and I'm looking forward to, to more and more water polo happening. People have been very flexible and understanding about how these events are, um, they're affected by what's going on on the ground as far as COVID and so on. And they've been very, you know, sort of good about that. And I just hope that they're not too weary about it yet, you know, because I, I would, I'm itching to go do more stuff, but I also understand the reality of it. And so, Anyway, hopefully people will be patient about this still until we can really get it nailed down and then we can go full force. So, yeah. And, and then just the one thing to consider, you know, it's, you know, we, we do have a national pandemic going on and these events are optional. That's right. For clubs, yeah. for teams, for coaches, for athletes, yeah, for parents, this is optional. Like if you feel good and your club feels good to go, to, then go. If not, that's okay too. And there'll, there'll be even more events in the summer. There'll be even more events yeah, next fall. Yeah. So, you know, Water pole kind of kind of will be there whenever you're ready to get, get back in. I'm excited about that Cy Fair thing. I'm going to try to put together teams for that because it's basically the last event for my older players before the high school season starts. Yeah, and, so. yeah, and they're limited to 20 total teams. Right, I know. Yeah, that's why I'm scrambling. i got to find some, so, some players. They're, they're going to be doing the same social distancing and the, and the offset game times and all that stuff that, that we've done at all the other events. So they're very. it's going to be very limited to to the like the first – uh, 20 teams that enter so i didn't realize that the pegasus thunder thing was uh had california's coming to to play as well do you have any idea who's coming not off the top of my head no but you know you can um i mean i think there's going to be a couple of the better club teams from texas are going to play mm-hmm. but you know i think it's going to be like um you can contact coach cohen 
with Thunder. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning it out loud because I, that would be something I would actually go up to report on. So I, I would go see that. And, and I'm, I've, I, I've been in contact with coaches in California for the past couple of weeks. And uh, I know, obviously, that they've been traveling to Utah for the – I can't remember the name of the town, but um, it's this uh, – it's, it's an obscure place. I'd never heard of it before. But a big 50-meter pool, and they've been hosting tournaments for the past few weeks. Um, both girls and boys, and so a bunch of really high-powered teams from California have been going there, and so I know there's interest. I, I but I just didn't know that they were actually going to execute and make it to uh, to Texas. So that's something I will probably go up there to look at. And speaking of which, I'm I, actually I, so I think on the boys' side, it's yeah. it's uh, it's uh, Thunder, it's Viper Pigeon, it's Set, it's Southside, it's Pegasus, it's Six Eight, it's Diablo, it's Vesalia, it's Eidos. I think they're going to have. A Phoenix team called Topaz. Oh yeah. Um, on the girls' side, it's Thunder, Exeter, VP, uh, Southside, Six Eighty, uh, Diablo, Vanguard, and Topaz as well. Oh, Vanguard. Okay. So, Topaz. I, I, I noticed that Topaz team a while ago. I, the coach is somebody who's f- I'm familiar with somehow, but now I, John Cogliandro. Yeah. Where did and where where did he come from? He came from Humble High School in Northeast. Oh, Houston. that's it. He's a Texan. That's right. That's what I noticed. Okay. He actually played high school water polo with yeah, with Travis Benson. There you go. No Travis. So. I do know Travis. I wish Travis would come back and help us coach, but he's got kids and he's busy. So um, cool. And then I think, Joe, I think I'm going up to Dallas this weekend. I think I'm going to go check out Pegasus's. Um, they're having like a, a fun clinic. It's not fun. It's like a free clinic. And uh, I'm going to steal all of their ideas and bring it down to Aquatex and so that we can do it for our young scorpion ball players. So I'm, I don't know if you're going to be up there, but I, I think I might be. I will not be up there. Yeah, you're, you're, you've got other stuff going. Okay. Um, briefly on ODP, we did have it on the uh, 9th and 10th uh, at Cypher. It went very well. We had, it was very small. Like, and I mean that in a good way because, as we talked about last year, there was a uh, – you know, the camp in Louisville was – Great clinic. I got to call it a clinic. It's branded as a clinic. Uh, the clinic in Louisville was very good, but it was packed. And so kids really didn't get the opportunities they, they could have optimally. So this one we kept very small and intimate, and it was great. And, um, and then the next thing you know, on that Sunday, I've got all my Dallas coaches going, we got to go because the roads are all snowy. And I thought, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, that's fine. And then I drove home, and it took me four and a half hours or something like that. I, now, I happened to have fun, but that was, it was, it was snow. It was as snowy as I think I've seen it in Texas before. And yes. And drivers, and drivers don't, drivers here don't know how to drive in the snow or wet or bad weather or anything. So there was, you go. It was weird. I was going faster than almost everyone. It was strange because I'm not, I'm not reckless, but I felt very secure in my vehicle and everything was just I, fine. And I feel for the coach that had to drive all the way back to Dallas. Oh, it so. took him a long time. It's not good. Not good. As I mean, I'm for... sitting in my house, so I didn't <laughs> even drive there. But um, no, but um, um, and hopefully there's going to be some more ODP clinics happening in February, March, April, right? We're looking for hopefully one at the end of February. And then um, there's clearly room for it to do it in March and April. And you and I have had these conversations before. My focus during those periods of time would be for the younger athletes, but it would not eliminate the older ones. It would not. So um, the nature of what the clinic that I think we're going to have at the end of February is still up in the air because we're limited in space. Um, and it's only a one day thing. So it might be limited to, I don't know who, 
gender, uh, age group, I'm not quite sure yet. So we're going to figure that out. But uh, it's pretty certain that's going to happen. And then we'll follow up with some more information about the, the following months when whenever we can. Yeah, and most likely this spring, the, the, yeah, they'll be on Sundays just to avoid conflict with high school. Absolutely yeah, right. By the way, a lot of people have been asking me about um, uh, if and when we're going to name rosters. And uh, it's a very good question. It's, it's, I'm so accustomed to it just being nailed down at the end of January that it's or beginning of January. It's, it is more than likely we will name rosters in about April. So after the high school season, because we're going to give as many chances as we possibly can to these athletes to come and go to clinics and we're going to observe them at their own games and so on and so forth. So probably by April. Um, and, but that's, as we just mentioned, all of it is up in the air, but I, that's my best estimate. Sounds good. Um, Olympics. This is, this stuff uh, jazzes me more than you. I, I follow press reports from all over the world, and the Times of London had a story. And the title of the story is, Japan looks for a way out of Tokyo Olympics because of COVID, and then goes on to quote people in the uh, British uh, Olympic Committee uh, off the record um, that say, basically, there's just no way it's going to happen, and so on and so forth. Well, the Olympic Committee came back and very strongly said, this is not true. Here are our plans. We're going to vaccinate every single athlete for the Olympics. Um, and I mention all of this because I'm on the lookout for not only for the Olympics themselves, because that to miss out on the Olympics this year would be not good. But also, man, I got plans to go to Indianapolis. Um, the, there's a the Europeans are wide open about saying that the next tournament for their athletes is in Indianapolis in April. And there's not a word about it in the U S water polo community, which is, I'm not, it's not critical. It's just, it's just that the, it's just so uncertain. So, um, it's, I find it all fascinating. I really hope that uh, they do have the Olympics in some form. Um, it sounds like they might, but, uh, but these, the British Olympic committee is pretty powerful as well. So they know what's going on. Yeah, well, I think it's going to happen. You do. And yeah, I mean, I think every effort is going to be made to make the 2020 Olympics in 2021, which I don't understand that, but it's called the 2021 Olympics. But like, um, it's, I mean, I think everybody wants it to happen. There's too many people that want it to happen. Yes. There's too much money behind it to make it happen. $25 billion on preparations. So, and, you know, and, and at least I firmly believe that it's going to happen and people are going to find a way. Um, yeah, whether or not everybody gets vaccinated or, you know, it's just, it just, the pandemic goes away at some point this no spring or summer or whatever, right. um, or no, yeah, or no spectators cause they make all their money off of the kind of TV money. Um, so it's, there's going to be challenges of course, yeah. Yeah. but that's, just, that's, that's 2020, 2021. I just saw a, a, a TV interview of Maggie Steffens. They, they, boy, they've been really active in the media, which is cool. And, um, and she left the impression that they were just full on ready to go. Like that, that this was a, this was, you know, to say it's a done deal is overstating it, but that they, they were very optimistic about it happening. So it just depends on, on who you, who, who you talk to. This quote is, is great. The aim now is to find a face saving way of announcing the cancellation that leaves open the possibility of Tokyo playing, host at a later date so that's a that's from the the times of london story there's no chance of that like there's zero like they if they cancel it it's done they're not going to have anything in tokyo they might have other events but it won't be the olympics they're going to move on yeah i mean don't you think it, yeah i mean it's i don't know i mean i don't see why you can't have it in 2022 why not 
I don't see so either, but I remember hearing from the Tokyo committee last year when they post they announced the postponement, and they were explicit. They said, "Look, if we can't have it in 2021, we're not going to have it at all." And so I I hold them at their word about that, especially because they know their finances better than anybody else. I am being and it's another Olympic year. I'm being simplistic. It's yeah. very difficult to move these events. It's very hard to move these events. There's a lot of logistics. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of infrastructure. Um, there's a lot of planning. Like to give you an example like these olympic villages that they build for these things right yeah. they're normally turned into apartment complexes right, exactly they weren't or condos or something like that yeah. and that's been on hold for a year so people that were planning on moving in in august or september this past year they can't move in for a year yeah because they have to put it on hold so there's a lot of things that yeah that yeah that go into this so you know um, you also got the 2022 kind of Winter Olympics. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So there is a there's a ton of stuff that's going out there. I I hope that they have it. I'm a big Olympic fan. So, um, and I'm and I and I think our men's and women's teams are going to be very successful. So, um, I think the women are going to be very successful, and I am absolutely fascinated about how the men are going to do. I just it's that seems to be. I'm not going to say completely up in the air because they've been doing training in Europe, and I think that that's actually been super helpful. But these teams from Europe, Montenegro just won whatever the uh, – or, or at least placed high, highly at the most recent um, – uh, gosh darn it, what's it called? The um, Is it the Super Cup? Anyway, they did really well, and they just look great. So anyway, and those are young guys. Like they've been playing their younger guys. All right, we're going to come back. We'll talk about a few more things. Um, we may or may not have an interview this week. I'm not quite sure. We was hoping to get Scott Slay, but it sounds like he's too busy, which is fine. Uh, but we would like to talk to somebody, hopefully, about the upcoming high school season or something else. So uh, we'll, we'll come right back. All of TX Water Polo is brought to you advertising free, and we'd like to keep it that way. So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hey, this is Tony Azevedo, five-time Olympian. Uh, You're listening to the TX Water Polo Podcast. James and Joe, back with you. Uh, we covered a lot of territory in our first segment. Uh, you, uh, now, USA Water Polo comes into effect here because the General Assembly is on Saturday. You, maybe you can explain what the General Assembly is. It has a uh, kind of highfalutin name, but I'm not entirely sure people understand what it actually what it is. The USA Water Polo, gen- yeah, just General Assembly is... Um... It's it's required uh, via the USA Water Polo bylaws to have a general assembly um, every two years, and delegates from each of the eleven uh, USA Water Polo zones get to be represented. There's five delegates. Um, this year it's all virtual, so it's actually open to anybody that wants to go watch, and it'll give an update based off. There'll be like a state of the union type address. They'll like, they'll talk about the racial inequity and reform task force. You know, they'll talk about the calendar that they'll give national team updates and that'll be for everybody to watch. And then there'll be a closed session 
for the delegates where they have to do the business of USA Water Polo, you know, kind of ratify things that the board decided on, stuff like that. But that's required every two years via the USA Water Polo bylaws. And you do have to register. I got because I am registered. You do have to register. The registration is the deadline's tomorrow, which is Thursday. It is? Okay. I didn't know that. So if people hear this on Friday, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. What are you trying to say, Joe? <laughs> I'm trying. I really want to get this thing out tomorrow. That's the Thursday, so that's the plan. So hopefully we'll have time to register still after that. And um, but no, it's no, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be. It's it starts about. I think it's uh, at 12 p.m. Central Time, so 10 a.m. Pacific Time. And uh, was it? Um, it's 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 gonna be easy. Just kind of register, and they'll email kind of the Zoom link to everybody, and you can just kind of get caught up on what's going on within the world of USA Water Polo. Yeah. It, and it's only going to be like two, two and a half hours at most. Ooh, that's, that's actually gonna, huge that it's that and, short. And it's, and it's, and it's only and that, and that's going to include like a 30 minute Q and a session at the end too. So, Good. so, I mean, and it's going to be different. It's going to be different little topics. It's going to be quick. Um, and it's just going to be a good overview. Yeah. Yeah. For everyone, I would recommend that you guys kind of like that. Everyone listening to try to get there on Saturday. So, yeah. Um, see, I think you're contractually obligated to say it's going to be great. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be great, but the fact that it's going to be short and going to get straight to the point and all of that, and there's, you know, they're not going to have to bother with uh, serving, you know, chicken or salmon in the conference room and all that stuff. That's all good. So the fact that it's shorter is good, is very helpful. Yeah, this is, uh, this is the world we live in. This might be the way of the assembly for now on. So I know, you know, the thing, what would you prefer? Like, I, I think there are some who think that that would be better. And I know that it actually has its conveniences. Like tomorrow night, I'm doing a chalk talk with my team that's online because then we don't have to meet at the pool. But, um, yeah, that personal touch thing is important. So, I, um, I mean, it's like it's like the Texas uh, Development Summit, right? Yeah. We've done we did three years in person. Yep. This year we did it um, online, and I think we're going to do that online moving forward. It makes sense because yeah. Texas is huge, and it's not entirely economically feasible for somebody to, to 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 drive to Austin or wherever it might be to do that. That makes and sense. Con- and conference rooms are expensive. There you and go. Then you have to feed people. You have to make sure everything here. Like here, do you have your stuff presentation? Just click the slideshow. Yeah, and that's fine. And and make yeah, your own so, sandwich, right? Exactly. And uh, but um, but no, I mean it's yeah, it's going to be great. And we have we have there are five delegates from the Southwest Zone that were picked by the Southwest Zone Board, which is our new Southwest Zone Board, by the way. How new? When, when was that election? The elections happened this past fall, and there's six total people on the Southwest Zone Board. Right. And then the Southwest Zone um, picked their officers, uh, kind of amongst themselves, um, earlier in January. And the new Southwest Zone Chair is Christy Winkler. I already got a big email from her. Yep. Yep. And um, the Southwest Zone vice chair is Kristen Oliver from Southside. Um, and then the, the Southwest Zone treasurer is Jim Linehan from Never, Hobbs. never heard of him, right? Go ahead. And um, the Southwest Zone secretary is Zach Cleveland. He plays for Dallas Masters. Slash yeah, Vegas. he's the surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then the other two kind of at-large kind of Southwest Zone board members right now are Scott Slay, who has a thousand different hats that are being worn. Sure, really does. And um, and John Reitmeyer, who, who also wears a lot of different hats, especially in the referee role. So, And then also on the board is Angela Uno, who is an appointment to the board because she's a Southwest Zone co-head referee. Right. Speaking of which, there's been some changes with regard to the refereeing in this state as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean there's just for USA Water Polo events, um, 
it's, uh, you know, there's been some referee reimbursement changes. It's a little bit different. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to focus on, you know, getting more local people to come out to the events on a more consistent basis. Um, and the big, the big, the big, big thing was, um, there's how to pay the referees. Mm-hmm. It used to be that, you know, kind of most clubs would collect all the team entry fees. Then after the tournament, they would get a referee summary from the zone head referee. And then they would mail out checks and they'd have to get W9s and 1099s at the end of the year and all that good stuff. I'm so excited. Yeah. Keep going, man. Yeah. It's fun stuff here. But now <laughs> at the end, you just got to send one check in and that's it. And Arbiter will take care of the um, like the W9s and 1099s. It's going to be much easier for the hosts. Yeah. Much easier, much easier for those teams. Yeah. And that's going to be that. And I mean, I know you're being sarcastic, but it is huge, kind of, kind of, kind of for the host teams. It's a little bit more work for John and Angela, who are, who are the zone co-head referees. But I, but I think it's 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 going to be a little bit more streamlined, and it's going to be a little bit more efficient. And uh, we actually tried the we tried the process for the Mavericks Winter Festival, and it, and it all worked out well. I so, didn't know that. So yeah, I, that, that, that we was tested all it out. We tested out at that. At, that was the first. That was the first event we used this new process. So uh, all right, and it worked. It worked, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I like to make fun of it because I, I think referee stuff can be kind of tedious, which is uh, no secret. But uh, And I actually have done refereeing. Spoken so it's like not, a true coach. Yeah, like well, yeah. I, although I'm going to – I guess I'm going to take the high school exam again this year. We'll do some high school refereeing. But um, but it is a big deal for hosts. Um, and as a host, it, 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 could, it was complicated in the past to get uh, referees assigned and paid for. So if it's streamlined this way. The other thing, Joe, is um, – I was using Arbiter back in California when I was coaching, and I was not a fan. I'll just put it mildly. So that's that. Whenever we talk about referee stuff and Arbiter, I my eyes roll back in my head a little bit because I find that to be a very clunky piece of software. But that's just a personal preference, Joe. That's all. And I'm going to pivot back to the Southwest Zone Board. Yeah. And um, I'm very excited about the Southwest Zone Board. They've been very active here the last couple of weeks. Um, and I'm very excited about the future of the Southwest zone. It's just, it's, yeah, it's ready. It's ready to explode. I think it has a good group of people leading it and, um, and good luck to, to Christy Winkler in her new role with Southwest zone chair. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I've worked with her for, for some time. So a, a, a good choice. Um, let's, you want to move on? Let's go high school. Um, the, there are now at least general outlines of the high school season. You published them in an email that you sent to to people. So maybe go over sort of the big beats because it's not in the past, we would have tournaments basically laid out almost like every week, every weekend. And I think we're getting there kind of, but I mean, it makes, it only makes sense that we don't have quite as much information as we would have in the past, but there are, are, there are dates on the calendar. Well, as with everything else right now in high school sports, there's challenges and everybody has to be very safe and responsible. And Tisca Water Polo is doing, is doing the same thing. So they yeah, they published and put out their safety guidelines and procedures to all the all, all the high school teams. They're collecting who's playing and who's not playing. I mean, there's going to be some teams that don't play this spring right. because of concerns or whatever, and um, and that's fine. And um, and I, I just hope they come back and play in the spring of 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 twenty two. But um, uh, the first because high school swimming got extended through the month of February, so. The, like the first event, like the first high school weekend will be, I think, March 5th and 6th. Um, and then obviously there will like there will be tournaments added on to the calendar. There, there will be district tournaments kind of, or, or district games. 
and then uh, high school regions has been pushed back a little bit. Right. Uh, so it's that week of April 26th, concluding no later than May 1st. So most of them are probably going to be like that April 30th to May 1st. Right. Time frame. And then normally the state high school championship has been 32 total teams. And that's, yeah. and that's uh, 16 boys and 16 girls. They're doing it a little bit differently this year. Um, they're splitting it up because that's very similar to what they did for high school swimming and um, and the other UIL sports out there for team sports. So May 7th and 8th is going to be the girls' high school state championship. It's going to be at the at the Louisville um, Westside Aquatic Center. Um, and then May 14th, 15th is going to be the boys' high school state boys' uh, championship. That will be at the CFISD Auditorium in Northwest Houston. We're going to be doing some driving. Yeah, the, I'm excited about that. Um, I, I obviously, it's one of the great things about Texas high school water polo is that the typical um, high school championship weekend where you have all those teams. And I realize it's going to change under UIL anyway, so that it, it is going to be different. But it's it's so noisy and fun, and uh, I just love it. So um, it, it'll still be great, obviously, because uh, you've still got 16 teams, presumably. Um, but, yeah, that, actually, that, actually, that energy. We just don't know. I mean, it's it's still to be determined kind of how many teams are going to make it to state. You would so, but let's. I think it's reasonable to say, right, that that would be say a maximum, right? That the well, maximum would be sixteen. That's how many teams there's been in the past. But it yes. might get down to twelve. It might get down to eight. Fine. I don't know. Yep. And um, and uh, what's it called? Um, it's going to be. I mean like how region championships are going to be done and how districts are going to be done. It's going to be left to the local regions. No kidding. Um, and then, you know, as far as the, the, the different high school tournaments, it's going to be up to each tournament host, kind of, kind of how they do it. Um, again, there's some general guidelines that Tisca water Pole gave everybody, but um, it's, I mean, you know, like the Katie high school, like people are going to have to do uh, something slightly different than what the Plano, like um, kind of high school people have to do, right. you know? Um, and, it's going to be, and the main thing is, it's going to be in a responsible and safe manner. So, yep, yep. looks like we're probably going to host a tournament ourselves on the fifth and sixth, I think, um, that first weekend, actually. So there you go. Um, and then for this coming season, we're going to follow on what we did last year. Not quite the same because we did the best of Texas last year. That was uh, a really fun, but uh, also uh, a, sort of a once in a generation kind of thing. But we'll still go do coaches polls. We're still going to hopefully do submissions of players of the week and such. Uh, so the plans are to do essentially what we did last year, which was, uh, I thought, very popular. At least if I was looking at traffic, that that uh, that got some traffic for sure. Yeah, and then we'll do some interviews and stuff like that with 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 either athletes or 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 coaches or referees throughout the season too. So. Absolutely right. Um, yeah, exciting stuff. Even given the. Uh, limitations that we have in the in the season um we'll wrap up here i don't know if you noticed this but uh our this podcast got some publicity in the latest skip shot magazine did you see that no <laughs> I, I actually didn't even know it myself uh one of my athletes uh luca uh Daraujo was uh featured he was in what is it they're, they have those little q a sections and so he was in there and then i'm scrolling through and suddenly i see Hey, check out this podcast. TX Water Polo interviewed Max Irving. It's really good. So uh, I, I already told Greg. I said thanks for the shout out. But we're getting a little pub, Joe. We're like we're we're. I think we're world famous. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, great. The TX Water Polo podcast is famous for interviewing somebody not from Texas. He was in Dallas. I in a, in a Dallas hotel conference room is where I had a conversation with him. 
I'm just playing. I know, but that was a good conversation too. He's an interesting cat. So uh, anyway, go back and look and listen to that. By the way, go look that up. Max Irving, it's a good one. Um, okay, I'm done. Are you? Anything else? Nope. Okay, I think uh, we may or may not have an interview coming next. I don't know. It's all right. Regardless, we're just going to say goodbye. So uh, thank you very much, Joe. Welcome back. You too. And happy birthday. Thanks. Oh, boy. Thank you. Uh, And thanks to all of you for listening, for telling a friend about the TX Waterfall podcast. And uh, thanks to our gifters who are doing a a bang-up job of keeping us afloat. And if you want to contribute, go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. Until next week, so long from Austin.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.